This show is sponsored by Headlair. Headlair, just like a condom, he covers our motherfucking show with love. Are you ready? So ready. That's good. Cause, Kathy, you're a rock star, rock star, rock star. You read sexy things and now Paddle Bob loves you. <laughs> Are you running out of stuff to, to write songs about? <laughs> no way, Kathy. You're a total rock star now. Dude. <laughs> you got one entire comment and fan mail. Wow, one. That's a lot, Boogie. From last week's sexy um, erotica reading thing, when you read the group erotica that we had on the Fat Life page. Hey, if I can reach one person, then my job is done. Which I'm so glad you said that, Kathy, <laughs> because you actually only reached one person. <laughs> Then my job is done. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the microphone. (laughs) I was really impressed with it. I thought you read really, really well. It was really sexy and you and you had great intention and and you got into the story. I was really I thought it was a great experiment. And uh, it was a fun experiment. It was a fine experiment. And Paddle Bob was very quick to respond. And said that was fucking awesome, Kathy. (laughs) I don't know if he yanked one out to it. I kind of hope he did. You gotta ruin stuff for me. Why? What do you mean ruin? You read sexy. That's the the, the thing. Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Did anybody masturbate <laughs> to Kathy reading the group erotica last time? Man. Wanna know? We wanna know. Cause now I've escalated. Uh-oh. I have escalated. So I have actually been kind of flirting, talking back and forth with Sin uh Wicked. Uh, sin is my alibi. The 17 names that Sin has <laughs> are pervert from, from afar because she had said she would read. And so I said, hey, are you still interested in, in reading some erotica? And she was like, well, I'll do the best I can. And I'm like, that's a good girl. That's all I need. <laughs> so I wrote a really fun erotica about a dildo and I sent it to her. And so hopefully next week we'll have some good erotica. You know who else is going to be on the show next week? I know we should be talking about this show, but I'm actually very excited about next week as well. What? Our show sponsor, Headley. <gasps> what? Headley. I'll be doing a listener segue with Headley. And let me tell you something. I think he, I don't know if he's active in the Discord or I know people know him and I don't know how much because I'm not in the Discord, which we'll talk about the Discord in a second. But Headley has some incredibly, we've talked about him on the show before. He is our glorious show sponsor uh, every week for months now. And it's been amazing and very helpful. But he also has some amazing and very specific kinks and fetishes that I think is going to be a great conversation. Wow. Like we've talked, what is it? The dystonian castration or what? (laughs) Dionysian. (laughs) Look, the Smithsonian Institute castration or I don't know. You're ruining, you're butchering his kinks. Look, I'm sure his kink is well established whether or not I butcher I butcher his name. I don't even know if Edley is it Edley or Edley. I don't know. I'm a horrible host to a great sponsor. But it is going to be very exciting. I know he's very into tea service and the whole Victorian thing. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to him. And I know a lot of people have asked about him, you know, who is this mysterious sponsor? So it'll be really nice to talk with him about uh, some of his kinks and stuff like that. Cool. And then. Oh, my God. I You're also, full of information. I, I've been been very busy this week. Been very <laughs> active, very aggressive about the show. Okay. 
We're also going to be starting the Discord segment back up. With this time, it's going to be with Aki and Garbage Can Mel. Wow. And that is going to be very, very exciting to backtrack a little bit. People are like, well, didn't Dell do that? And it's like, well, yes, of course, Dell did that for a long time. And so I just want to be truthful with our perverted podcast audience. Um, it was not a violent split or anything. Uh, there was no fight or anything. It was very amicable. It kind of works out that Dell is and was very into the in the love lab communication. In person. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, like he absolutely. really enjoyed that. So it was kind of a drag for him to try to recreate that enthusiasm for the for the Discord group. It wasn't that he didn't like Discord or like it. It was just it wasn't his jam. And so when we get the love lag back, he'll come back and do the Dell thing uh, that he did with us. And and so he was gracious enough to say, absolutely have Aki and, and Garbage Can. Uh, pick that up because it is important. I mean, the Discord group has like 271 members. It's like an entire family. It has grown to this megaplex of <laughs> kinky people. And you and I are kind of an afterthought in most of that. <laughs> I mean, most so of true. them, <laughs> most of them listen to the show, but it really has just become this great community. And, and I think Aki's going to talk a lot about that 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 has really been a saving grace for a lot of our listeners that don't have a lot of interaction with people during the shutdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to that getting started. And uh, and then, of course, I did an erotic sensual dance today what? with one of yours and my former partners. What? What is yes, going Kathy. on? Just so, so much... So much craziness in your life, Boogie. Well, you know, I got to I gotta keep it all going, you know. And uh, I don't know if you remember her. She's very sexy. She looks great in a leotard. And it is uh, the 10-minute low-impact workout video that I have and I started doing again because I'm just becoming obnoxiously fat and, and stagnant and atrophy. So I said, I'm going to do some exercise in this room while I'm shut in. Right. And I don't know if you remember, we even did a picture of it. You and I did this video together. Oh, yeah. Um, or we worked out <laughs> yeah. to this video. And it's this cute chick. And you have to turn the volume off because she's so fucking optimistic. It drives you insane. She's so like, oh, my God, if you can't do it all the way, that is okay. Go (laughs) at your own pace. If you can't lift your leg, maybe you should just breathe a little bit. It's okay. Whatever you can. And just just like, bitch, shut up. I get it. I'm pathetic and fat. You don't have to placate my pathetic fatness. Just do the moves and I'll do the best I can. So I started doing that. What's going on with you, Kathy? Keep forgetting that I had read a few of the emails that got sent to us about the erotica, you know, experiment that you did. Right. And some of them were a little confused about reading you know, recording erotica versus writing erotica. Did we fuck that up and kind of... I think people don't actually listen to us. (laughs) So that's really where the problem lies because it was two completely separate conversations. There was one conversation where on the show I said, hey, we want to get some of our listeners to read erotica. 
And that would be really cool and have some of our listeners, you know, do some sexy time. And then in another completely different conversation, uh-huh. I said, we're doing this group erotica where everyone goes to the FetLife group and writes two sentences uh-huh. of erotica. And then, and so a lot of people got confused by that because they don't listen to us. Got it. Now that makes a lot more sense. Well, I had something kind of interesting happen and it wasn't this week. It's actually been a number of weeks now. I've just been kind of sitting on this and experiencing it rather than just blurting it out on the podcast like I normally do. You're pregnant with Creative Explorers. You guys have a love child (laughs) and it's going to be shaped like an ice cream sandwich. And I am going to now to get me off the show. Seriously. I will now be Uncle Boogie for real. That's disgusting. No. Okay. I I can't tell my story after that. I I can't even tell your story right now. Bring it back. It was a joke, Kathy. If anything will make Creative Explorer's dick shrivel back up into his body, it's that statement. (laughs) Oh, my God. You have to do it. It's ultimate Brad. Like, start sucking his dick and get him really hard and then just look up and go, I want to have a baby with you. Are you crazy? No. I want to have a baby with you. I've only got and then, one. And then get a no. I've got get a stopwatch. Get a stopwatch and see how long it takes him to go soft after you say that to him. But you got to look in his eye. I want to have a baby with you. Boogie, right I, in his eye. I, are you really telling me to fuck with you know in a bad way with the one <laughs> sexual partner I have? From that Kathy, point I have on, none. <laughs> I have none, so I'm going to passive aggressively try to sabotage the dick that it's, you get. It's a good thing that I know you well enough to realize that's what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Do you remember quite a while ago we were in the Love Lab doing a show, and I forgot who it was that was there. It was one of the many young girls that would, used to hang out there. And we were talking about, I don't know, the female anatomy, and I happened to mention that my clit is very, very close to my urethra, which makes anybody, any kind of oral sex that I have given to me difficult because my urethra is very sensitive, as most of ours are. Sure. And if our tongue gets near it, it makes me go, ah, go, cut that out. So you're going down on me and you're looking for my clit. You have to be in for quite a ride because you have to be very careful to avoid that area that's right next to it. And I remember whoever it was that was on the show with us said, oh, since it's so close to your clit, do you get, you know, aroused when you pee? Oh. And I said, you know, unfortunately, you would think that that would be one of the perks, but that's not the case. Well, a couple of months ago, I was sitting on the toilet peeing. Nice. And all of a sudden, this... the. A very familiar feeling that I've had, you know, pretty much all my life starts to come over me when I'm peeing sometimes. It's, I can't, it's very difficult to describe. It's a very uncomfortable, intense feeling that makes me grip my teeth and go, oh God, what is that feeling again? And I just wait until it's gone. And then I, whoo, breathe a sigh of relief, right? Okay. I don't know what came over me a couple of months ago, but I actually thought, is that and I instead of gritting my teeth and closing my eyes until it's over, I decided to just experience it and ride the wave. 
Guess what it was, Boogie? Arousal? It was a mini orgasm. No way! That is way! That is totally badass! That is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever experienced in all my life. I've been thinking, oh my god, what is that uncomfortable feeling? Just right away, wait until it's over. Oh my god, it's over. And this time I did it, and it was it was a different kind of orgasm. But it was totally, and at the end, I was like, with my mouth open going, oh, my God, that <laughs> felt so good. <laughs> no way, no fucking way, Kathy. Can you believe that? That's like crazy unlocked achievement shit. Uh-huh. So now you got to get your ass out there and get a five-gallon jug of water and get to work. <laughs> but, the, hey, when it when I feel it coming, I'm ready. I prepare myself because it's such an instinct for me to just tense up and not want to experience it that I I have I'm still in the mode where I have to remind myself no 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 this is a good thing uh, because it is still a very it is a mini orgasm but it is still very intense and so uh it doesn't happen all the time it never has so when it does happen I'm just like wow I and every time it happens I'm like god I got to talk to the listeners about this on the podcast <laughs> That is what is the weirdest part of this entire thing. It's not that you had this new experience and that you or it's an old experience that you decided to approach in a different way. And then you found out that, oh, my God, this is great. I'm having a, a pee orgasm, which is actually pretty damn rare. Uh, we've only had a few listeners that have talked about it. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that you actually had to sit and analyze this for two fucking months oh, before no. you went on the sex kink sex podcast that you are a part of, a significant part of, and you decided, I'm just going to think through this. No, no, I don't no. Know how I'm going to approach this. I wasn't analyzing it. I was, I was just having a good time with it, and I didn't want to give it up yet. So you've been kind of practicing then. I've been, I've just been experiencing and having a good time. I don't always blurt out everything that happens the minute it happens. I'm not you, Boogie. Uh, Kathy, <laughs> I'm actually offended. <laughs> I am hurt. This is my butt, and my butt is hurting. <laughs> I actually have butt hurt. On behalf of myself and our listeners. Oh, please. This is important stuff. This, I mean, Kathy, for two months, there could have been a young woman or a, a woman of your age, very, very dinosaur and old, that Ow! is having a similar experience and confused by it. And here you have been hiding this information. I hope you're proud of yourself. I can't believe you call me a dinosaur. <laughs> Shut up, Kathy Soros. <laughs> And here we have the peeing Kathy Soros in her natural habitat. <laughs> the urinado Kathy Soros. <laughs> we haven't even started the show, have we? we? Oh, God damn it. No, we haven't. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. <laughs> Hello, Pegasm fans, and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording this evening at 8 p.m. in California time and 10 p.m. Texas time. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie and... Uh, 
That's the second time we've done that. What? I was just so excited. And then this is actually really cool stuff. This P-gasm, is cool yeah. stuff, Kathy. Pegasm is, I mean, that's really cool. Cause I mean, when you first said that, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, maybe you were going to give us some insights on, you know, where if someone does go down on you, where they have to go. Cause I right. would assume I've had people that have had. Uh, urethas that were very sensitive and then of course I've had lovers that you almost primarily avoid the clit and just stay on the urethra because the clit is too sensitive Wow! so so in your case would it be like coming more from the top or the side no I really I it's hard to say it's the reason why when I use the the Lilo Siri vibrator that um that I, I I don't put it on my directly on my clit because both my mm-hmm. clit and my urethra are both sensitive. So I actually like insert it underneath it all, you know, inside my labia, and that way it vibrates oh. through my whole vulva. Oh yes. Oh, that's kind of cool. So so you like the sensation in your urethra? It's just too intense. It's too intense if someone accidentally catches it with their tongue. Then I'm I'm gonna I'll jump to the roof if you do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be awesome. No. <laughs> You're there stuck in the roof with your claws <laughs> and the ceiling looking down, going <laughs> that was so, so I take it that wasn't good, Kathy. That <laughs> a little communication going on here. Just I'm going to gently help you down here. <laughs> you can't get hurt up there. Well, I've never had too many people go down on me anyway, but when they do, it's you have to want to do it because it, it takes some effort. And most people, I'm going to say, or, or I'm not going to say most people, that's actually not. M- most of my partners in the past have not wanted to put forth that kind of effort. Really? Yeah, with the exception of uh, when I... Uh, with my girlfriend that I was with for a few years. Right, right, right. Obviously, who was totally into it. Um, Yeah, not a whole lot of experience with that. So, yeah, but no problem. I got my Lilo. So, in other words, we just need to find some perverted podcast pussy lickers. Stop it. Every time, every one of my stories about my sex life always ends with you saying, we got to find you more partners, Kathy. Kathy, do you realize that all of my stories end with the hope that I will attract more partners? It is kind of like a thing for me. It's not just about you. I mean, I do this with Enigma. Enigma and I are like, oh, my God, you know, if we could have all the women in the world, because I, I understand it's seven, you know, three and a half billion women. I can't have them all. So like Enigma is kind of like my bro, sort of, you know, in a show way. Um <laughs> Don't want to get too intimate, but, uh, you know, so I'm like, Hey, you know, we always plot multiple partners coming at the end of every conundrum. Right. I understand. You're a guy. I get it. It is true. It is. <laughs> it is very, very true. Yes, it is true. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That life is the place. Wow, 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 wow. Talk about genital torture in subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about that life, motherfucker. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. This week, I have an unusual one, Boogie. This is the first time that I've ever been granted permission 
to discuss a post, but been asked not to use this person's name. We can do anonymous. Absolutely. I won't even be putting this link up on, on our little postie on our group on FetLife so that people don't see it. Not, not a big deal. It's their own preference. I got no problem. So anonymous uh, wrote a post called kink, a lifestyle or a mindset. In dun, which dun, this dun. <laughs> it's very dramatic. It maybe is it dramatic or is it just the way I said it that is dramatic? You do have a flair for the dramatic tone in your voice. That's why you have the big fan in Paddle Bob. You know what? Creative Explorer says that I I'm very melodramatic. Is that true? <laughs> well, he's a douchebag, so fuck him. <laughs> I'm all defensive, protective. I'll, I'll make these ridiculous, you know, uh, hyperbolic remarks like, I hate to stop doing that. Why are we doing that? And I get all crazy and he'll be like, your, your melodrama is adorable. I'm all, shut up. That is definitely not mellow. There is nothing <laughs> mellow about you going ballistically bratty. There is nothing mellow about that. Oh my! Yeah, you I, go full tilt, fucking cray cray drama, brat. To you know the what I need? Level. I need to record a video of you defending me like that, and so that every time he says something like that, I'm all listen to Boogie, and I'll turn it off. <laughs> you know, shit just got wrong when you're going to tell Creative Explorer listen to Boogie. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> something is very wrong. Go ahead and proceed. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. You have one pegasm, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> woohoo, cookie muffins. I think Boogie has some good stuff to say. What the <laughs> fuck just happened to you? <laughs> That's true. The pegasm has turned me upside down, man. I don't even know what's going on. All right. I will continue by the anonymous wrote kink, a lifestyle, or a mindset. And they say, when I found kink, I wanted to be a lifestyler. Kink in my vanilla life, in the bedroom, as well as in the dungeon, that was my aspiration. But life has a funny way of playing out. Time, relationship changes, personal growth, circumstance, access to partners I connect with, short-term health wrenches, and now COVID and the inability to travel. I haven't kinked in a very long time, let alone with any consistency. And that's just life. It happens. I think for me right now, kink is more of a mindset than a lifestyle because I'm simply not living one. I still have the kink values and I hold, that I hold dear, inclusivity, acceptance, consent, trust, family. These are things I believe in with my whole heart and are still present in my life. Much like I believe that it is a fundamental skill to know how to be alone and appreciates oneself as a kinky person, it's also important to be able to survive without kink. Lack of kink won't kill me. The mindset is still alive and well. The living it portion, that'll come back in its due and proper time. I had so much fun <laughs> when I read this because there was, it was like a little light bulb moment when you don't have a way to kind of explain something to yourself. And that post really did a fantastic job of enlightening me to what a lot of my difficulties are socially. Right. And that is a lot of the things, and I'm not saying every community of the kink and BDSM scene are heavy communicators like we 
promote on the show. Every everyone's slightly different or dramatically different. But as far as the general thrust of what we promote on the show and what we've experienced in the lifestyle community, it's been very transformative in my way of thinking. And I've always been a pretty good communicator, or at least tried to be. But the level of communication that I am now used to because of my mindset of being in this lifestyle and the fearlessness which I'm willing to communicate, even when it's uncomfortable. I still have those conversations because I have so much evidence that with my partners and with people that I know I can have those types of conversations with, I always know at the end there's going to be growth. And very rarely is there going to be the end of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I have now become dependent on that level of mindset. And it's very difficult for me to be in places like like even here in some ways where everyone is very different and it's very non-kink and the communication is very different between people uh, as it is in in most places that haven't really built an entire community around fearlessly communicating your vulnerabilities to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so I, I really, really related to this post. I thought it was great. I, you know, it is very, very true when, um, you know, often you get into the kink community and you start making your way around it. You start learning your lessons. You find out um, what's the best way to find and keep partners. Uh, you learn different skills. And uh, when it comes to impact play or any kind of play you want to do. And over the years, you develop a skill set. And that skill set is is a big bag of tricks you have. And it encompasses everything from negotiating to, as you say, communicating well. Um, uh, all the things that you need to have in your bag of tricks in order to have a successful kinky life. Because even if you're in a small community... These are or a big community. You're these are people who are all going to talk to one another. You have to develop a good relationship, and in order to do that, um, you have to hone your skills. And we consider these these are good skills. This is a good skill set to have. You know, in the polyamory uh, community, in the kink community, you have to have the skill set. But we don't realize that it changes us. It changes us from that moment forward when we learn how we need to push our jealousy aside, or at least work past it. When we learn that we need to really, even when we're upset about something, listen to our partners because we, they've been in a vulnerable place that we put them into uh, because we just did some edge play and we have to put our own uh, emotions aside. All of a sudden you find, just like, the, like you said and just like this poster says, years later having developed this mindset that comes to your rescue, that stays with you, that doesn't ever change because you didn't realize that somewhere along the way while you were picking up all these skills, you changed dramatically and hopefully for the better. So I I totally understood what she meant because that doesn't go away. I mean, if, if Creative Explorer and I were to spit, split up in the middle of this dynamic, it might take me a while to realize it, but I would feel just like the poster did. It is a mindset that never goes away. This is good stuff. It is good stuff. I want to, that's so great that um, she was willing, willing to let us uh, talk about it, but she wanted to remain anonymous. I love it that people trust us. 
Because, you know, we could be total fucking assholes. And, 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 and we often that. are. This is very true. <laughs> we often are. But in this case, uh, not so much. I'm very grateful that I have these skills because if I didn't have the skills that I had learned, the mindset and the mental skills that I learned, I think I'd be having a much harder time right now. Hmm. Because I know that I need to talk about my vulnerabilities. I know that I need that kind of support. And of course, I knew that from the 12-step years in therapy and psychology and all of those things. But I really saw the evidence since I've been in the lifestyle. It was it was mostly kind of in the back academic prior to getting into the lifestyle. You know, I knew stuff, but I wasn't applying those things. Right. And so... It, it really has. I mean, and I've had some pretty dark times, just as I think millions and millions of people are having dark times during right now. So it's very, I'm very grateful. I'm very, very grateful that I have these skills because I don't know how well I would be doing without them. Right. <clears throat> yeah, they definitely do come to your rescue, don't they? Yes. Cool. Indeed. Good post. Indeed. Good post. Pegasms for everybody. <laughs> Kathy. Do your thing. What thing? What am I doing? The, you know the pegasm. You're going just. You should just what? punctuate our our segments with a pegasm. What you think I could just have pegasms on demand? <laughs> Why not? Would you, I, I, you know, hey, every new window that opens may have other windows that it leads to. What the hell are you talking about? Kathy, you got to trust me on this one. I your don't little pegasm you. today, your mind is there ready. And I know people that could have orgasms during peeing, and it is something that you keep practicing and working. And no, it doesn't happen all the time, but it doesn't mean you can't increase the regularity of it. Uh, what for? I get them every once in a while. I'm happy. Why? Why is it you? You're always with the more, more, more push, push, push. Penis, penis, Kathy. Hello? Oh, that's penis. right. I keep forgetting you have a penis. Penis. More, more, more. <laughs> more, more, more. Why have one vagina when you can have 127? More, 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 more. How did you arrive at that number, 127? <laughs> I don't fucking know how I come up with a number. <laughs> 127 right. sounds like a good number of women. A to, good number uh, of vaginas. A good number of vaginas to be surrounded with at any one time. <laughs> Who wouldn't want 127 vaginas? That would be amazing. And to pretend that that's not some sort of fantasy. That would be a lie. A total lie. How I would be able to accommodate all those vaginas, that you now have to go into superpower fantasies that, you know, or you have to do the shot that just gives you a chemical erection for two hours, that, and then everyone gets three minutes. Like Yohimbi. Yohimbi makes your penis hard. Two minutes. No, like a minute. No. Every minute. 127 everyone oh sorry get the calculator get, for crying everyone out loud. would get 54 seconds you get 54 <laughs> seconds at 127 and if it stays for two hours that's that's 54 seconds check my math please perverted podcast at gmail.com how close <laughs> am i because i do it yes you would just All put right. them on a conve oh the conveyor belt. Oh my god! It just oh, Kathy, I'm 127. I need to fuck someone vaginas on a conveyor belt boogie. Really, 
right now a fucking blow up doll in a pickle would be great. I swear to God. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Enigma got some tail and it's really great. So we live through him because our sex life is lame. Oh, Enigma. I love it. <laughs> I am so excited to hear from you because you left in the email a very mm-hmm. distinct message that I have a potato mayhem. <laughs> Which only means one thing actual contact. Enigma yes. has made contact with the flesh of another. Go! Oh, yes. So a, a friend came over for other stuff, and uh, after we'd, we'd finished with kind of the more official business, it was like, hey, y- you want to wrestle? <laughs> Good. Because we're not quite to the uh, like sexual aspects of, of a relationship yet, but like naked wrestling like we can do that i'd say that's a pretty big escalation actually well to go from like we're not having contact to hey let's naked wrestle oh okay there's a segue well if, if you want it even better i was dressed and she was naked oh nice yeah and so we both got to get a little primal and and just like on the bed wrestling and going for chokes and pressure points and hair pulling and growling and it was uh it was it was very good that is good did you did you touch her poon anner? I did not have consent to touch her poon anner, but I did touch her titties. Okay, all right. You know, at this point, we take what we can get. <laughs> we are not choosy with the contact. And at the end of it, there was you know talk of a of a round two. So you know, I I think it went okay. All right, I would say that's a good SmackDown event. Yeah, yeah. If at the end of the SmackDown event, you guys are both huffing and puffing and then uh, calling for a rematch, mm-hmm. that's about mm-hmm. the best you could hope for. I very much agree. Okay. <laughs> and then you'll stick your little enigma in her next time. Possibly up her ass, right? Um, I mean, that may be time, like, two or, like, three or four, but, like... Uh, maybe uh, go to three. Yeah, yeah. M- maybe, maybe round three. Have some Top Ramen. Mm-hmm. And then straight to anal. That's pretty much. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> you got to expand your ideas, Enigma. I I will bring it up and and, and we'll see if if that's a if that's a possibility. <laughs> so I sang you a little song that I wrote literally forty seconds before you dialed in, and because I was like, oh wait a minute, we're going to talk about one of the coolest rock songs in the world. Go. <laughs> All right. So we're talking in, about an article called Lola, who walked like a woman but talked like a man, turns 50 today. Uh, this is an article that comes from NBCNews.com. As always, if you want to get to the articles directly, you can come join our Discord. Just go to our website and there's a link there. So 50 years ago, the band The Kinks hit the charts with a song about their meeting of a trans woman named Lola. This song inspired tra- now trans white activist Mara Kiesling to be the woman they were meant to be. Um, She says that his song was one of the things that got me through. That sounds odd, but when you're a kid and that alone, you have, and you have that kind of thing weighing on you and you can't talk to anybody about it. A song like Lola becomes so important. If you haven't listened to our perverted podcast listeners, to all two of you that have never heard Lola by the kinks, 
um, go listen to that song and remember that this song came out at what, like 70 something, like early 70s. Yeah, yeah um, early 70s. And it kind of, if you listen to the lyrics from the mindset of us now being in this sexually diverse community, it's it's blatant. The lyrics are just blatantly, this is a, a trans situation, and that's what that story is. But in the 70s, so many people literally just, they just didn't really pay attention to the lyrics. And I remember being a kid and and going, huh, because I do listen to lyrics. I really, I'm really about story and lyrics. And I always have been, even since I was a kid. And I remember being like, huh, that is very very strange what is talked like a woman walked like a man i fell to the floor i got on my knees does that mean he sucked her dick and and i remember thinking these things at at like a very young age and i remember that it was for me obviously going through all of my stuff as a kid and my weird little sexual things and and the abuses i suffered and stuff like that i was still very insecure and you know very homophobic um so the fact that this song kind of i don't know titillated my thinking so much i sometimes felt very uncomfortable thinking about the lyrics of lola and i'm just all it's just a cool song and i'm just gonna sing it right well and and that was the problem it it was it was really hard to sell to radio stations because uh, the lyrics they had never really been thought about before like the kings were uh were singing them like the the line you were talking about, like, well, I'm not the most masculine man, but I know what I am, and I'm glad I'm a man, and so is Lola. It's like nobody had really expected that, um, and this was one of the first times that this sort of subversion had actually come into the rock world, uh, and that subversion of gender expectation is huge in the rock world now. But this song really took time to really take root. Um, the Kinks were among the first bands to make songs that were that aggressively questioning heterosexuality as a convention um like the the, they kind of started the trend of rock bands costumes being more quote-unquote feminine and fluid at the time right um and so the the main theme of of this movement is acceptance sympathy unconditional love and what's wrong with pushing that and i think like that this the kinks were one of the first and it it, like you said it, it, it took a little while to for this song to actually take root and once it did it like the kinks fucking exploded and it was uh, they like they started a, a pretty massive movement that's still a part of our rock world today. I'd say absolutely, bravo to the goddamn Kinks! Congratulations on fifty years of fucking with people's heads <laughs> and pushing the envelope. And 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 it is undeniable that that song gave people who are trans, trans curious, and the LGBT community in general um, in that time where there was nothing showing support for that that really was an island for some people and i think that's awesome mm-hmm. absolutely what else you got all right next article comes from cnn.com so you know it's super serious and it's the <laughs> uh but the article is called can the world's oldest profession survive the age of social distancing Um, As we talked about before, in-person sex workers these days are often being forced to make a choice, either continue doing risky gigs or go hungry. Um, Since sex for pay is illegal in most of the U.S., it is hard to get specific numbers, but investments in our vices do tend to survive well uh, during mass downturns. So we saw this during the Great Repression. We've seen this during other recessions. 
etc. Um, but the demand for in-person sex work has declined due to the pandemic and due to the amount of unemployed people suddenly unable to pay into their vices. Uh, but there are still people desperate for release and, that are putting these sex workers in rough dilemmas. Do they take the $500 payout for for this person to get their release or do they stay home and stay safe? Um, and, I, and as I know, a lot of people have noticed, a lot of people are turning to sites like OnlyFans to continue practicing sex work, but in a safer environment, which is actually having a, it's a double-edged sword where it's oversaturating that market and changing the sex work market pretty greatly right now. You said something in the in the beginning, and we kind of touched on this a little bit yesterday when we were talking about the segment, mm-hmm. that you know people are worried, how is this going to affect the sex industry? The sex industry is going to be fine. Absolutely fine, because people are still going to want to fuck, and they're still going to pay to fuck when they can't fuck the way they want to fuck. That's just normal. Will it disrupt what's going on right now economically in the quote-unquote sex industry? It it will survive. This is called a downturn mm-hmm. that happens in business all the time when supply and demand is interrupted. So I'm not really worried about the fact that, you know, sex work is going to recover or not. It's just what do sex workers have to do right now? And unfortunately, not to be callous, sex workers right now have to do the same thing every other industry has to do right now. And that's reevaluate your career path for right now. You may need to get another job. You may need to take another type of job. You may need to train to do something else other than sex work. Now, then in places where jobs are limited, obviously that becomes much more complicated. But at least if we're talking about here in the States or in industrialized countries, you may have to consider training for other things. Maybe you're going to have to learn accounting or data entry, you know, which is what I'm trying to sort of do horribly, but not effectively. Um, (laughs) So I think it's just something that is the same for all of us because we're all affected by the same shutdown. Right. But like, I I also know that a lot of sex workers, especially the, the more well off ones, they got to that point because they have other skills. They are, they, they have a business degree. They have um, some training that put them into the position that they can actually sell themselves, which is their business uh, pretty, pretty effectively. But Right now, I think uh, a big thing, because like one of the things we talked about yesterday was how in Japan, a lot of uh, men and some women have turned to digital relationships as opposed to in person. And right now, that's really all we have. And I'm kind of interested to see if now that people in the US uh, and people in other countries altogether are, are starting to experience that sort of relationship. I'm wondering if there's going to be kind of we're going to start running into the kind of a situation that Japan is where they're 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 not having the birth rate that they want because guys aren't going out and having traditional sex. They're just having digital relationships. And like, I I understand that there's probably going to be an even out, like it's going to even out a little bit, but I'm wondering if that's going to be something that we see here um, that we haven't seen before. I think socially we've been heading since the age of internet and texting and the detachment of conversation and communication I do believe we've noticed a wider gap between people that are socially awkward or socially fearful and the amount of 
sex and sex partners that they have. I think that is has been a normal progression away from that intimacy. And we've seen that. So, of course, this is really a boost for that. Mm -hmm. This is really a boost because now you're saying, hey, not only are you smart for not interacting with people socially, um, it now is making your health safer. Right. So, of course, I think in the surely in the short term that you're going to see more distance because I'm already feeling it. I know other people are feeling it. Other partners are feeling it because we're like, hey, let's let's get together and play. And then there's still that, uh, you know, well, maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not. You know, when is we went through this with AIDS, you know, when AIDS broke and then all of a sudden everyone stopped having sex. You know, it was like one night stands and the sexual revolution and then AIDS came in and went no more. And then after 15, 20 years, we started then, you know, we came up with medications that help deal with AIDS and and, uh, regulate HIV. And then people started having sex again. So I think most people are not that socially awkward that they're ready to give up on touch. Right. That's my thoughts. I don't know. I don't know if uh, any of that, uh, you know, is valid or not, but that's definitely the way I see it. Well, yeah. And the reason I'm going that way is because I know that a lot of our culture has kind of seeped into other cultures. Like that's when we hear that a lot from other countries is how like they're complaining about how like ever since the Internet made it over there, like others, other countries are like seeing how the U.S. does it. And they're like, oh, we want to do it that way. So I'm just wondering if now that we're seeing this sort of change in dynamics like how that's going to affect uh long term and you know we won't know until two or three four years down the line but yeah it was just a really interesting perspective and i and i I figured it'd be an interesting conversation i think it is interesting and i do believe technology and the advancement of science um we are going to be wally (laughs) you know very soon very soon it'll be wally we'll all be a bunch of fat idiots in chairs that don't want to move and then everything is done for us and we'll destroy the earth and have to go to mars where we'll destroy that i absolutely believe that was a prophecy but for the meantime i think socially and that's what we do on the podcast and that's what we do on so many shows that encourage conversation and interaction and dealing with rejection, which is the number one reason why people don't want to attempt for intimacy is because they're afraid of that rejection. I think that there's still some hope for humankind that we can rebuild our ability to deal with rejection and have intimacy with each other, at least for Mm -hmm. a little while longer. I agree. But... On a side note, probably not a side note, the more people that are socially awkward with women, the more guys that are socially <laughs> awkward with women. Do I even need to say it, Enigma? Do I even need to say it? It's more for their votes. More yeah. for us. More <laughs> for you and I. Build the harem. The perverted pie. I would love. Oh, my God, Enigma. Please find a way for us to go to Japan. <laughs> All of those guys that don't want to approach women, I will, we will walk in the street and be like, we're right here. And we like to touch girls. Can you imagine the tsunami of fucking pussy? I can imagine a lot of terrified looks. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Don't throw reality into my fantasy, oh, oh, Enigma. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're going yes. to get off the plane. We're going to say uh, we know how to bend a girl over, spank her, and fuck her. And the panties and, are going to drop. And just drop. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to go right this way, please. We have an arena. Mm-hmm. 
We have an arena <laughs> set up with seventy five thousand horny Japanese women, and this this you know we're gonna go at it Pokemon style. Yes, <laughs> some bottles of water. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> We're not precise, we don't have lice, and we are not always nice, but we're here if you need some fucking advice. All right, you know what? What? We're a little... This this show is very P-centric. It is very P-centric, <laughs> and I am so excited about this topic for all the wrong reasons. Oh, my... I don't want to know what those reasons are, seriously. Okay, this is another one that is anonymous, wrote to us, and... uh this is what they this is what she said. I could do with some advice and help in getting my head around what happened and how to process it all. That's a very ominous beginning, isn't it, Boogie? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me scared. <laughs> you know there's some existential shit coming here and I'm excited about that. It's right, going to she... be dirty and then existential and that is beautiful kink as far as I'm concerned. It is. She starts by she's going to tell us about a scene that she and her dominant had and she says I was staked in the garden by my dom, my legs spread and my hands above my head. In Scotland, even in summer, it's cold at night, and I was starting to get quite cold and uncomfortable. When my dom came over to me and peed all over me. (laughs) Great. That's great. It's great. (laughs) That's great. There's a golden shower for you. That was the worst Scottish accent, by it the way. It really was. And I watch a lot of Craig Ferguson on YouTube. You'd think I'd know <laughs> how to talk Scottish, but I don't. Shall I go Proceed. on? Okay. Yeah, now that I've ruined the entire fucking mood. Good job, Boogie. So lonely. Blow up doll in a pickle. Ah, uh, oh, So disgusting. All right. She says, I was so cold that I welcomed the warmth and didn't want the warm shower to stop. But at the same time, my head is going, ew, it's pee. How can I want to be peed on? And then he rubbed it and smeared the pee all over me and forced me to come. Why did I find myself wanting something during play that I find so horrible and disgusting, which is even now making me feel disgusted that I allowed it to happen? I don't know what to do about it. It's also worse in my head that I came and I couldn't stop myself from doing it. I should add in context here that my dom and I have been playing together for seven years and we have a consensual, non-consensual dynamic. And also he did bring me in afterwards, place me in a warm bubble bath for me to get clean and gave me plenty of cuddles. Well, first of all, kudos for the bath and the cuddles after peeing <laughs> I like how on that's somebody. Where you went. Yes! If I get peed on, you better damn well give me a bubble bath and some chocolate, motherfucker. (laughs) You have now negotiated your aftercare, Kathy. That's very good. So in other words, if they look at you and go, clean yourself up, bitch, that's not going to do it for you? You will will see a Kathy-shaped hole in the door, and I'm never coming back. (laughs) With a little dribble of pee running back. (laughs) (laughs) get a hold of yourself man Uh, wow i'm dizzy (laughs) so i'm not surprised that obviously if you think if you consider a a specific act to be disgusting if 
and suddenly you find yourself liking it and coming to it. I'm not surprised that you you're messed up and your head is going, what the fuck is going on? And you're asking for advice. That's a pretty intense thing to happen. I, uh Oh, <laughs> what? you know it's coming. I do. You know, I've done some big giant self-evaluation thing. Oh, when I start with this ponderous Catherine, you know, <laughs> life is funny. Sometimes <laughs> I really enjoyed this because it really brings me to the animal versus whatever society has tried to create. And not only what society has tried to create in us of what is good and bad and evil and immoral and fun and pleasurable and sickening. I have my personal view of how I want to be looked at, how I want to think of myself when I look in the mirror. I want to look at a certain person that I have created, that I have my own set of morals and standards and likes and dislikes. And and I don't like these things because I'm self-righteous about this and that. And sometimes you just meet the animal and the animal doesn't give a fuck about any of that. It doesn't care about your propriety. It doesn't care about your fucking morals and ethics. It is a primal creature that lives inside of you and evolved to get you to this point. That primal side that helped you survive and navigate a very unfriendly environment for thousands and thousands and millions of years. And it is in my head. And no matter how bad I want to be a certain way, I always have to look back and acknowledge that there is an animal that lives inside that I need to acknowledge. Otherwise, I'm going to be repressed. And it doesn't mean I have to act on all of my fantasies and things I want to be in my head or in my primal nature. But when I ignore that and when I have seen so many examples of people who have tried to ignore that by talking it away or praying it away or saying that you shouldn't be like this or you shouldn't be like this, it just doesn't work. Right. At some point, you have to look at yourself and say, I am a primal creature and I am going to be often surprised by some of the fucked up shit that I think. Right. Suicide, murder, rape, abuse, things that come into my head. I don't want these thoughts, Kathy. But they're there. But they're there. So that leads to the next realistic conversation with myself. What do I do with this? Obviously, as having a cerebral cortex that has, no, you don't harm other people. And everyone deserves the right to freedom and happiness and blah, 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 blah. Right. What do I do with those primal instincts? And that's where we have this amazing lifestyle where we can role play some of these more animalistic behaviors and do it consensually. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of dealing with it and not ignoring it. That's a very interesting take you have there. Um, nobody likes nobody likes this kind of uh weird dissonance happening in your own head right you like one one minute you hate something one minute you like something but if you look at it this way if you're let's assume that you're a person who likes having sex okay (laughs) you love having a penis in your vagina 
it feels like scale of one to 20, 20 being the best feeling, it's right up there as a 17, right? That's pretty good. You would you would categorize it as one of the your most favorite thing feelings and things to do. But now imagine that someone catches you in the dark and rapes you. And it is on that scale a minus 1 in experience because it's probably one of the worst things that can happen to you. But the act is the same. Right. In one Instance, however, it is the complete and utter ripping away of your own free will. And in the other, it is an absolute union of two people who trust each other and love each other. In one, it's a beautiful thing. In the other, it's a horrific experience. So you can understand, anybody can understand that example of how an act can be the best thing or the worst thing ever. So if somebody were to stake you to the the yard, strip you, and pee on you, and you didn't accept that, and you didn't love that person, and you weren't okay with that person, and you did not have a consensual, non-consensual dynamic based on trust and respect, that would be an absolutely horrible thing. I mean, suddenly, it's your dominant who loves you, who is giving you something of his in a time when you're feeling very, very cold, very vulnerable, and very uncomfortable, and it suddenly, without your even knowing it, it transforms this act that would normally be reprehensible to you into something wonderful. So I'm not surprised that she came out of it completely confused, but try and look at it from that perspective. It's okay if you're okay with it because it came from somebody you love you someone you trust and someone you respect and who does the same for you. That's my two cents, Boogie. I'm with you. And with that, we say goodbye to show 276. I will once again invite you all to log on to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and leave a fiver on the nightstand as you walk out the door. Boogie and I can be had for the price of a mocha latte. I'd also like to take this time to thank all of you who so generously answered my pathetic and whiny pleas for more content. God, I don't know if you want to do it again. Please write to us at pervertedpodcast.gmail.com because as generous as you guys are, that list does start to dwindle very, very fast. So um, another whiny plea. Please write to me at pervertedpodcast.gmail.com. Ask me your questions. Uh, Tell us what's going on in your lives. And Boogie and I will shamelessly take advantage of you on the show. How's that, Boogie? (laughs) That is fantastic. And if you are a great listener, I'm sure Kathy will sit on the toilet and record her pegasm for you. No, don't promise them that. (laughs) Why not? No, I'm not. I don't even like anybody watching me during a regular orgasm, let alone a pegasm. You know, this is where you have to broaden your horizons, Kathy. You the perverted podcast listeners need it. You, no. <laughs> I, I can fake an orgasm while I'm peeing in front of listeners. I yeah. just don't know if anyone would be really <laughs> just <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which, by the way, as a side note, Enigma and you are going to start doing some stuff for Patreon. Oh. You guys are going to get together because Enigma can edit. And I was talking to him, and and I've mentioned this to you, and you guys, I guess, are going to now get together and start doing some of the stuff 
together that he can then edit and we can just upload that onto Patreon. Stuff we wouldn't normally do on the show, maybe. I can't wait to record with someone other than you, Boogie. Oh, what? Oh, you said oh, it. Yeah, what? There it came out. Oh, I'm so sad I said that. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, my my two remaining hairs on my head are standing up from the shock. No, they are not. <laughs> like not, alfalfa. <laughs> like alfalfa. Just like, what? <laughs> Kathy's sick of talking to me and only me? Oh, dear. Not. Tr- I just said it for a laugh. I totally do not feel that way at all. Well, that's cool. Thank you very much for lying. I do appreciate it. (laughs) Go drink some water, have another pegasm, and we will see you guys next week. Limp dick, you curse me. Right in front of willing pussy Limp dick, why you breaking my heart down? I cannot fake a raging boner Cause it's not like this chick won't notice Here we go again, another awkward situation. It gets worse every time because I'm expecting it to happen again. It's not like a woman's badge ever slams shut, so I'm afraid she won't understand. Then one day a very wise woman promised me she wouldn't judge me if I wanted to talk. I felt a lot better, and then I looked down, and there was a hot cock. And then I sodomized her. Listen up. Booze and stress. Booze and stress. Obesity. Obesity. All increase your odds. Increase your odds. Of having gimpy ween. Gimpy, gimpy, flaccid, gimpy ween. It's time to make some changes, limp dick. We're gonna work it out. You bet your tits we will. I love you, limp dick. It's okay. We're gonna work it out. Work it out. I love you, Limp Dick. <laughs> <laughs>